Are you happy to be in the presence of God? Amen. Are there any newcomers? Today is your first time that you're coming to Bread of Life. May I see your hands, please? Any newcomers? This is your first time that you're coming to our church. You're being invited by somebody and you are here. Praise God. Wonderful. In a way, it's good. In a way, it's bad. Because when you have correction and when you have teaching, when you have rebuke, when you have exhortation, when you have building up, it's good to have totally God's children so you could go deep into that. But we have failed in the other hand of not calling people. We need to do that. We need to go out. Somebody called you someday. That's the reason you are sitting here. If we, if we fail, then the Lord will go out. The people of this nation are being visited by the, by the Lord himself. So that's the reason we have to encourage ourselves. Am I going to go out or am I comfortable in being where I am? In the last uh, few months that I've been teaching on the Word of God, I've been dwelling on, on the book of James. And we have done three studies on the book of James. And the first study that we did was the sign of maturity that we took on the book of James. We studied what are the signs of maturity. The second the study that we did was how to triumph over troubles. How do we overcome over troubles? That was the second study that we did. The third study that we did was how to triumph over temptation that we did was verses 12 to 18. That's what the study we did on the last time. And by the grace of God, today we are going to look at a new topic. But before we do that, I want you to pray for the person on your right and your left. We heard a beautiful thing saying you could be four different types. You can be a servant, you can be a child, and you can be a friend. But remember one thing, what you want to be in his sight is very important. You will reveal secrets to a friend, but the end of the journey, all your heritage will not go to your friend, it will go to your son or to your daughter. Amen? Your friend will know secrets about you, not your wife and not your son. But at the end of your journey, all the blessings will fall upon you because you are an heir of God. Amen? Let us pray for the person on our right and our left and say, God... Speak your word. God, we pray that our hearts will be open today. Just as you are going to minister to me, I pray that you will minister to the brother and to the sister who is on my right and my left. That we will never go out the same. We will go out rejoicing, knowing that you are going to do something new today in our lives. Father, this is our heart's cry, Master, that you will do something new today, Father. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you will bless us today in a mighty way, Lord God. Father, we pray, Lord God, we will never be the same again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Today's title, we are going to look from James chapter 1, verses 19 to 27. So you have to have your Bibles with you. We are going to look verse by verse. We are going to take every verse, break it into parts, and we are going to do a study. I'm not going to preach, I'm going to teach. And in teaching, I'm not going to be nice. I'm going to reveal. 
the Holy Spirit is going to reveal the word that for most of us we don't see. So let us, we'll read from verses 19 to 27. Is your Bibles open please? James chapter 1 verses 19 to 27. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Let us bow our heads one more time. Father, this is your word. Give us grace to receive it. Give us a right attitude to open our hearts today, Lord. That as we receive your word, Father, we pray it will accomplish the purpose for which it has just gone out. Father, we pray for signs and wonders. We pray for change of hearts. We pray for obedient spirits, Master. We pray for the manifestation of your power to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I've titled today's message as How to Benefit from the Bible. How to Benefit from the Bible, taking what the passage that we have just read from 19 to 27. Our, all our lives are governed and controlled by the Word of God, which is the Bible. That's what controls us. That's what governs us. That's what leads us. Yet, there are many in the church, they are governed by their fear. They are governed by doubt. They are governed by unbelief. They are, un they are governed by wrong motives. And they are governed by wrong feelings or bad feelings. And it's natural. It happens in the church. The Bible is a book, number one, of blessings. It's a book of benefits. It's a book of promises. It's a book of comfort. It's a book of strength. It's a book of hope. It's a book of wisdom. It's a book of knowledge. It's a book of joy. It's a book of power. And it's a book of purpose. That's what the Bible is about. But... Just because you and I have a Bible does not mean we are going to benefit from all this. Just because we carry a Bible 
does not mean you will benefit from it. One day, a preacher and a soap manufacturer, wake up please, were, were walking down the road. And as they were walking together, the soap manufacturer looked at the preacher and he says, Preacher, I don't think your, your word which you preach is good enough. Look at the corruption that is happening right around us. Look at the filth. Look at the immoral life that people are living. Look, it's chaos. This book that you preach, I think, has no value. The preacher was a very humble man. He was not swift to speak at once. He kept quiet and continued walking with the soap manufacturer. They walked a distance and then they came to the other side of the street. The preacher looked at some children playing in the mud. They were fully dirty. It looked like as if they didn't have a bath for one week. They were smelling. And the preacher slowly looked at the soap manufacturer and he says, My friend, I think your soap is no good at all. Look at these people, how filthy and how dirty they are. Look, they smell and they stink. And then the soap manufacturer said, said, that is not my fault if they do not know how to use their soap. And the preacher then laughed at him in a very humble way and he says, it's the same thing with the word of God. If you do not know how to use it and how to apply it in your life, you will not live a right life. My brothers and sisters, I want to tell you this afternoon, no matter how much Bible you might know, you might stand here and quote the Bible from cover to cover. You might say all the memory verses that you know, but unless you apply what you know, it will not benefit you at all. You need to apply what you know. Many people, if I, if I am to ask you to open your Bible, you will have your Bible marked from cover to cover. And I even know I've got the same. It's highlighted in different colors. But do we allow the Bible to highlight our life? To mark our life? We mark the Bible. But do we allow the Bible to mark our life? Many people, they study the Bible, but they do not allow the Bible to study them. The key verse for this afternoon is from verse 25. Keep your Bibles open to this passage from 19 to 27. That's what we're going to do our meditation on. The key verse is 25. The man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. Beautiful. He will be blessed in what he does. James gives us three steps on how to benefit from the Bible. Three steps. I'm going to ask the ushers to do something different today. It just came up. You can sit down. Sit down, my brothers. These brothers have been working very hard. And they have been working. Now, I'm going to make the one on your left and the one on your right to be responsible today. You're going, not going to let the person sleep beside you. And if I catch somebody sleeping, I won't catch the person who's sleeping, but I'll catch you. You're going to be a brother's keeper. Amen? These poor brethren stand the whole service watching you. 
I do not want them to miss the word today. Amen? Neither do I not want you to miss the word today. The first step today is, of the three things that James gives us, there must be a willingness to receive the word of God. There must be, yes sister, there should be a willingness to receive the word of God. Let us quickly turn to verse 21. It says, receive the word planted in you. If you have that word receive, highlight it. In other words, it says you must accept the word that comes to you. In the Greek word for receive, it's an hospitality word. It means opening, openly welcome what is given to you. Openly welcome what is given to you. If we are going to benefit from the word of God, then we must first welcome the word of God into our lives. The first thing we must do, we must welcome the word of God. And in the book of Matthew chapter 13, Jesus talks about the parable about the sower and the seed. That's the parable Jesus talks about. And Jesus said, the word of God is like the seed and the soil is like the heart of a man. In this parable, Jesus gives us actually four, about four hearts, but there are three conditions of the heart that will hinder the effectiveness of God's word. There are three hearts that are mentioned that hinders the effectiveness of God's word. Now, you must understand one thing. The heart is always willing to receive. See, as I'm talking, you're listening, am I right? But at some given point, the devil comes and steals that away. It can happen right now as I'm speaking. I could have spoken 50 words, but only 10 could have been received because the enemy has already snatched them away. You can be walking out of the soul through circumstances gone. You could be disturbed from some given angle. He has robbed the word. Continuously as you walk along this journey, every minute he will start robbing what has been sown today. We are going to look at the conditions of the heart. The first art is the hardened heart. First point. The hardened heart. This person hears the word of God, receives the word of God with joy, but it does not last for long. When trouble comes, he is offended because of the word. What this person does, he is very happy, he is joyful, he receives the word, but somewhere down the line, in one month, in five months, in one year's time, things start to happen. Suddenly, someone gets sick in the family. There is a death in the family. There is chaos. There is an accident. And suddenly, this person doubts the word. I have become sick. This God that I believe in is not true. Where is this word? This person comes to that state. This reveals a lack of commitment to stand when faced with trials. That's the position of this heart. A hardened heart. The second heart, the second one is the shallow heart. The second heart is a shallow heart. This heart is a very emotional heart. It swings in all extremes. This heart wants uh, excitement. If there's no excitement, uh, this, is, this is not the right place for me. It wants excitement in, in a Christian walk of life. Everything. But this heart bears no fruit at all. Because it only wants excitement all the time. That's the second heart. The third heart is the crowded heart. A crowded heart is the third heart. The cares of the world 
the deceitfulness of riches chokes this heart's effectiveness and God's word is slowly pushed away. The word is slowly pushed out because this person is all busy trying to become rich, to gain prosperity, to gain the things of the world, that the world now has come in and slowly the word is now pushed out. Because the excitement of the world, the things of the world have come into this person's heart. That is the crowded heart. His heart has now become crowded with other things and the word of God has no place at all now. The crowded heart. The last heart is the prepared heart. This heart tilts the ground, cultivates the soil, uproots the weeds, receives the word with joy and with gladness and he bears fruit. The last one. So, now the question is, how is it possible I take two seeds of the same tree, I take these two seeds and I give one person to my right and I say, you go north and you plant the seed somewhere and I give the other seed from the same tree to another brother and I say, you go south and you plant this seed. And after five years I cast them both, bring me their fruit and you know something? I get two different supplies of fruit. Do you know why? It all depended upon the soil that received those seeds. On the other hand, how is it I can take two people today from you, okay? I can bring you in the front. I'm speaking the same word of God to you. And yet, the same message, the same seed spoken to two of you at this given time, one will go out saying, I was blessed today. I received his word. God's word changed my heart today. There is revival. And I'm taking this word and I'm going to apply it. And then the next person goes and says, this is another stupid message. I got nothing out of it. It's useless. Oh, I have heard this message hundred times. Not prepared at all. Same seed. Two hearts in the same room listening to the same word. How is it? James says, we should receive the word with the right attitude. Our attitude is very important when we receive the word of God. James tells us how to prepare our hearts now. I'm going to show you how to prepare your hearts when you hear the word. The one on my right, please wake up your person quickly before you, you fall asleep. The first one is point A. We must listen Carefully. Number one is we should listen carefully. Quickly turn to your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. And verse 1, the Bible says, So we must listen very carefully. I'm reading from the Living Bible. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have heard or we may drift away from them. Can you see that? We have to listen very carefully. If not, we will drift away. Verse 19. Let us go back to our scripture now, what we have read. Verse 19. The Bible says in the first part, Be quick to listen. Be quick to listen. It means give your full attention when the word is spoken. It means be alert. Stop Sleeping, 
Be alert when the word is spoken. Don't miss what is spoken. What, how are we when we are receiving the word? What's our attitude? The second thing it says, slow to speak. That means pay attention when I'm speaking so that you can be sure of what is being spoken. So that you don't go and say, I think this is what was spoken and there will be a fight between husband and wife when they go home. Because two people heard something different. Because they were not careful what they spoke. Many of our problems are caused because we are quick to speak and slow to listen. Learn to listen very carefully to God's word. Be ready to receive. Be careful. Don't let anything distract you. Do you know even the sound of another person can distract and take away the word? Maybe that's your word. And the enemy knows that you are waiting for your word. And he, as the word is coming forth, what he will do? Immediately there's a distraction there and your word is gone. He has snatched it away. Maybe you're yawning. Maybe at that time you, you doze. Gone. Your word is gone. Fraction of a second. One word. That could be your word for today. And it's snatched away from you. That's the reason you have to be very careful when the word of God is spoken. That you will tell yourself, I will let nothing take what is mine. Because God has ordained that word for me. There are people... They look for loopholes in the word of God. They do not want to accept responsibilities. They do not want to accept God's word. They always look for loopholes. And there are no loopholes in God's word. Amen? No loopholes. I remember the story of a devout atheist. He was lying on his deathbed. And that afternoon, a preacher walked in to, to his room to pray for him because they knew he was going to go. And as the preacher walked in, the preacher seen this devout atheist reading the Bible. And the preacher was very happy. He said, wow, I'm glad to see you, John, that you're reading the Bible. He says, I'm not reading the Bible. I'm just looking for some loopholes in the Bible. He says, all my life I've been in atheist, he says. I've never believed in a creator or in a God. But now I'm going to die. And I have to face this God that I didn't believe in. There are, that was his last words. And he has gone to meet his maker. The second point is we must remain calm. Number one, we, should, we must listen carefully. Number two, we should be very calm when we are listening to God's word. You look at verse 19b, the second part of verse 19b. Slow to become angry. This is a very big thing for all men sitting down here. We as men, very fast we become angry. If our wife does this, we will do that. We become so angry. The word of God says, slow to become angry. A calm and a peaceful attitude will allow us to receive the word of God in a right motive. We have to be relaxed people. We should be people that are ready to receive correction we should be people receive the right attitude. James says, don't be upset within. When you hear the word of God coming from somebody, already you are upset. The enemy makes you upset within. Then he makes you bitter within. Then he makes you resentful to the word. Because you are looking at the person and not at the word. James says, don't get upset with God's word, number one. And don't get upset with God's messenger number two. 
Most of the time we are angry with the messenger. The moment a messenger comes to the pulpit, we underestimate everything. We say, what he's going to speak? He's going to speak some nonsense I won't understand. And we are switched off. We lose. The enemy will cause different ways for you to take that word away from you. Bitterness is a barrier. It blocks us from hearing the word of God. So some might ask me after service, I'm sure. You, or you might even ask now. So how come, Brother Claudie, I don't hear God speak to me and only He speaks to you? Who do you think you are? I'm also a child of God. I'm also a friend of God. I'm also a son. My brothers and sisters, sometimes we have some type of bitterness in our lives that it blocks us from hearing from God. We have to govern our lives, watch our lives. What is it that is stopping me from hearing? We should desire God to speak to us. I read in an article of the Reader's Digest that we, which we get. It, in it, it was written, when you listen, you actually lower your blood pressure. I think a doctor who is here might say yes. When you listen, you lower your blood pressure. And when you speak, your blood pressure goes up. And I have noticed it. Every time I talk to my students, my pressure goes very high. No, this is true. I am telling you truth. And suddenly I realize, what's wrong with me? I am a child of God. I preach there and my pressure is right on top. And sometimes I use wrong words. I have noticed it. Whenever we speak, and my, my family especially, I don't know if my wife is here. My family especially says, why are you upset? I said, I'm not upset. This is the way I'm talking. No, this is not the way you talk. I said, then which way do I talk? So it's very true that when we speak, our blood pressure starts going higher and higher. And when we see things not going our way, it goes more higher. My brothers and sisters, so what is our emotion when we come to church every Friday? What is our emotion? Do we come with a calm attitude? What is our attitude when we come to the church? Or we come angry at somebody because 2,000 years ago, he upset us. I still not got it. Because still an altar call has not been given to me to come and lay it at the altar. It's a long time we have had an altar call. Do you know that? And we are very comfortable doing altar calls there. We should come to the altar. Only at the altar can you burn your sacrifice. Only at your altar, everything that is alive becomes dead. Do you know that? Only at the altar can you kill your sacrifice. If you do not come to the altar, you will grab it and go back again. Verse 20. Look at verse 20. It says, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. For the wrath of man. Our anger will not accomplish God's righteous purpose in our ministry, in our family, at our jobs, in our friend cycle. If we are angry always. My third point, we must be clean. We must be clean is the next point. Verse 21. Look at verse 21. Get rid of all moral filth, the evil that is so prevalent. Before you can plant a seed, the first thing is you need to do uprooting of weeds. Take away the stones. The other word is, take away the filth. The Greek word for this is, it says, ear wax. Can you imagine? That's the Greek word. 
ear wax. It means, in other words, get the wax out of your ears. Get the filth out of your life. Get the sin out of your life. You might ask me, how is it possible? Very simple. Most, most simple. 1 John 1 9. The most simplest word. Simple things are very difficult for us. If I ask you to jump from top, you will jump. Ask you to do the most simplest thing, you say, this is too simple. 1 John 1.9 says, if we, can we say it together? If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Not from one, not from two, not from three, but from all unrighteousness. The Living Bible says, get rid of all that is wrong in your life, both inside and out. That's what the Living Bible says. My third, fourth point is, we must be willing to comply. Willing to comply. So, what, is it, what does that mean? What type of personality do I have? What is my personality? The thing is, Am I a person who's teachable? Wake up. Am I a person who's teachable? Am I a person who's humble when the word is spoken? Am I willing to change when the word is given to me? Am I willing to change? Am I willing to accept correction when it comes? Correction has come. Am I willing to accept the correction? Look at verse 21, second part. 21, second part. It says, humbly accept the word of God planted in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you're sleeping, say hallelujah. See that? You see that? All on my left. The boat is tilted now. On my left, completely sleeping. Only two, three awake. You see that? This is what has happened. Be quick to listen. I love you. I love you. And I never heard anyone say, I love you too. <laughs> they will go, they will call pastor after two o'clock. Pastor, don't allow him to be there. <laughs> He's embarrassing us. Already my wife is saying I'm sleeping. Now he has proved it that I'm sleeping. <laughs> what do I do? We should humbly accept the word of God that is planted in our lives. Today should be our prayer. God, what do you need to change in my life? I want to do it. I want you to change my life today. I don't want to go out the same way I'm coming year after year. The biggest problem in our lives, and with, with sadness in my heart I say this, the biggest problem in our, in our lives is we are not willing to change. It's the truth. We do not want to change. We are happy doing what we do. This is the way I sing this song. You don't come and tell me how to sing this song. My great-grandfather was a musician. My, grandfather also, my grandmother also cooked in the kitchen and sang. Why you come and tell me how to sing this song? We do not want to change. Because we like to do what we always do. God says, if you want to be blessed by my word, let my word transform your life so it can benefit you. Number one, quickly turn to Mark chapter 4. And let us look at it. Mark chapter 4, verses 24. The first part. The first part of Mark chapter 4, verse 24. The Bible says, 
Mark 4, 24. Take heed what ye hear. That means, be careful what you hear. Okay. Now quickly turn to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, verse 18. Quickly, Luke chapter 8, verse 18. We've seen, take heed what ye hear. Now look at it, what Jesus said. Jesus also says, take heed how ye hear it. You seen that? Be careful what you hear and be careful how you hear it. Because our attitude determines what we are going to do, our destiny. My brothers and sisters, receiving God's word is good. Hear me very carefully. Receiving God's word is good, but that's not enough. I'm going to shake your theology today. Receiving God's word is good, but that's not enough. You know why? James says we need to receive the word of God. And the next point, there must be a willingness to reflect on the word of God. There must be a willingness to reflect. Next point, my sister. A willingness to reflect on the word of God. Verse 23. Please change the slide, my sister. There must be a willingness to reflect on the word of God. Verse 23, the Bible says, Anyone who listens to the word and does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself immediately goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Now James is using an illustration that God's word is like a mirror. Now the purpose of a mirror is to evaluate how you sleep when in the church. If I keep a mirror in front of you now, as, as you're sleeping, you'll be able to see yourself later on when I take a photograph, how you sleep. But if I don't do something about it, then there's something wrong. For example, I powder myself only on one side of my face, look at the mirror, and if I go away, it's of no use, this mirror. I'd rather not have a mirror. What good is a mirror if I don't do anything about how I look? I was sharing with my wife this morning while preparing. I had gone for a function with my students yesterday. And it was a big ballroom function. And there were all these elegant ladies. All elegant ladies with new clothes. Beautiful dresses. You look the second time sometimes. And my student comes to me and says, Teacher, I said, yes, Mohammed. Teacher, look at, that, look at that lady. I said, which lady you asked me to look at? No, there are so many ladies. He, she says, teacher, that lady got her dress inside out. And the, and the tag is still hanging outside, teacher. <laughs> What's the use of having a mirror? You wear the most elegant dress and you wear it inside out and you come into a ballroom. You understand what I'm trying to say? We have our lives turned upside down. Even though we have the word of God, it does nothing to us. And somebody might be looking at us and say, look at that man's life turned upside down. And he says he's a Christian. I told my student, I can't go tell her that to turn her dress now. Because her husband will turn me away. God says, a mirror reflects what is on the outside. But my word will reflect what is on the inside of you. Amen? Amen? Have we taken time to see our life in the Bible? How many of us have taken time to see our life in the Bible? Hebrews chapter 4 verses 12 says, 
I will paraphrase that. God's word detects the thoughts, the intent, motives, and the desires of our heart. Isn't it beautiful? God's word detects the thoughts, the intent, the motive, and the desires of our heart. If we take time to allow God to change us, He will change all this. Queen Elizabeth, during uh, her young days, she knew, do you know Queen Elizabeth? Lives at the end. Okay. Well, anyway, so she's, now she's in Buckingham Palace. In her young days, Queen Elizabeth knew that she was very beautiful, but as she grew older, do you know what she did? She told the ministers who were the ones who were in charge of the palace, remove every glass that is in the Buckingham Palace. You know why? She didn't want to see herself anymore. She has grown old. She didn't like the way she looked anymore. This is true. And there are no more mirrors in the place where Queen Elizabeth walks about. She doesn't want to see herself. A lot of us read the Bible, but we are afraid to see because God will reflect who we are inside. We are afraid. James gives us three practical ways to reflect on the Word of God. There are three practical ways. Number one, we must read God's Word. Number one, we must read God's Word. It's taken from verse 25, first part. The man who looks intently into the perfect law. The man who looks intently into the perfect law. Actually, he's saying, the man who researches, not just reading. Do you know what is researching? It's like an investigator. If you see a crime scene, you will see a dead body, and that's all you will know. But an investigator sees beyond the crime scene. The things that is blocking our eyes is visible only for an investigator. That's what should be our eyes. We should investigate the Bible. The Greek word means to stoop down and gaze. That's the Greek word. Stoop down and gaze. Now, there are two ways that you can, that you can look at a mirror. There are two ways. Number one, you can gaze at it and see how beautiful you are. You can see the wrinkles. If it's gone, if it's there, you can see the pimples, the small marks, or you can glance at a mirror. There are two ways that you can look at a mirror. But all of us have done both at some given time. But when you walk up past a mirror and you glance at it, immediately once you pass, you do not know how you look. You know why? You just glanced at it. You do not see everything. But the one who gazes at a mirror sees deep within. Very much the same way. God has given His Word that we should gaze at His Word. Can I ask you something? Can we make a commitment of those of you who are struggling to read God's Word? Can we make a commitment that we will read God's Word at least 30 minutes in the morning? 30 minutes in the morning. I've spoken to a brother. I asked him, how much do you read? He says, you know, in this WhatsApp, the message comes, one line, I'm happy with that. That sustains me the whole day. I am happy. I am born again. I am spirit-filled. I am happy with that one word. My brothers and sisters, do we take time reading God's word? And do we take time reviewing his word? If you are struggling in this area, I will encourage you, 
read his word in the morning, reflect on his word in the evening if, it's, if you find it difficult. Don't let the enemy rob you of your time. Don't let the enemy. My next point is, we must review God's word. We must review God's word. 25, second part. It says, and continue to do so. Look at that word. Continue to do so. That means we have to do it over and over and over and over and over again. Let me tell you something. What is meditation? You might ask me, Brother Claudie, what is meditation? When you take God's word and you review it over and over again, and you ponder over that word, that becomes meditation. On the other hand, if you take something negative and you think of it over and over and over again, it is called worries. And then you'll end up in Kim's hospital or in Royal Hospital. Take a negative thing. Think of it over and over and over and over again. It becomes a worry. You find many mothers have this problem. Something is wrong with that child. They ponder it and that poor mother goes through the stage and she starts getting worried and suddenly she finds the pressure going up. Take God's word. Meditate on it. Think of it over and over again. My brothers and sisters, I will share a secret with you. If today you want, and not only for today, for the rest of your life, if you want a double portion of anointing on your life, the messages that are spoken from this pulpit every Friday or every given time, it is not for you to keep in line with us. No, 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 no. It is so that when you go home, you review that message over and over again throughout the week and dig deep what has been spoken from the pulpit and you will get pearls out. Amen? Don't, don't settle for pebbles. Pebbles are only at the shallow. Settle for pearls. For pearls, you have to dig deep into the ocean. Only then you will get pearls. Amen? Psalm 119, verse 97. Psalm 119, verse 97. The Bible says, I meditate, I meditate on your word all day long. Look at that. Are there any businessmen in the church today? Can I see your hands? Is there any businessman in the church today? You're a businessman. Praise God. No businessman. Oh my. Okay. Are there any men in the church today? See, not even one put up their hand. Are there any men in the church today? Nobody put up their hand. My, what's happening in this church, bread of life? And still nobody putting up their hand also. Are there any men today? Okay, one hand is like this. He does not know whether to lift it up or put it down. Praise God, put your hand on I'm going to teach you a secret. You want to be successful in your life? Do you want to be successful in your life? Only, now they are tilting, this is sleeping. They are awake, now this is like sleeping. Okay, quickly, Joshua 1, verse 8, to be a successful man in your life. Joshua 1, verse 8, if you can write the scripture on your door frame, if you can write the scripture in your toilet, if you can, you know, that's the place we sit too long, no? Write the place, write this verse anywhere where you meditate upon and read Joshua 1, 8 and see what the Bible says. Meditate on it day and night. Can we read it together? Meditate on it day and night so you may be sure to obey all that is written in it. Now comes the secret. Only then you will succeed. 
when we meditate on God's word, day and night, God says, you will succeed in everything that you do. Amen? Simple. God, I want to be successful in what do I do? God, I will meditate on your word. Because your word will give me success in my life. Amen? The next point, C. We must remember God's word. The next point, we must remember God's word. Verse 25, C. Not forgetting what he has heard. My brothers and sisters, this means memorizing scriptures. We need to memorize scriptures so it can benefit us for our growth and our development. For our growth and our development. Do you, do you know when Jesus was in the wilderness? It's the scripture that he knew. And that the scripture that, that's his word. The scripture that he spoke gave deliverance, gave victory and sent Satan away. Go home and study the notes that are given to you. So let it become a part of your life. Brethren, we all carry to the church our labor card. Don't we? Is there anyone without your labor card? We all carry our labor cards. Most of us who have license carry our license with us. You know, if you don't carry your license and if you are driving, we will have to come and see you in your mother-in-law's house. From that gate you look at us, praise the Lord, brother. Pastor will say, why did you do this, pastor? I was in a hurry, pastor. Pastor, one, one plate, we all have to eat, pastor. Pastor, I'm so scared there are Pakistanis around me, Bangladeshis around me, pastor. I'm scared. We carry this, correct? Some of us carry this to church. Some of us, I got a supermarket here, don't worry. Some of us carry this to church, correct? We all carry something and all the mothers, you carry this to feed your children. Huh? Amen, amen. So we carry all this. How many of us carry the Bible week after week? Now maybe 99.9% of you, because you are born again, spirit-filled believers, walking in truth and in line with God's word, you will say yes. Now I'm going to, you are going to hate me today. You carry your Bibles, correct? How many of you can show me I carry a notebook with me that I write down what is given from the word? Show me. One, two, three, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Look around. Look around. Just look around. This is not to condemn you. I want to show you what do we bring to church. You know why? The moment you leave this all, the enemy is going to snatch this word that has been spoken to you. You think you can memorize everything. You think you've got a superb mind. But the enemy says, I have known man for 6,000 years. I know how to get that word out of you. I know how to snatch that word. I know how to bury that word from you. When you come with a notebook and you write down what is given during the week as you meditate upon it, God will reveal His pearls to you. God will show you His word. My brothers and sisters, I want you to make a commitment this week that from next week onwards, you will not just walk with the Bible, but you will walk with a notebook to take down notes. I am not good looking. Stop looking at me. Hear what is spoken and write it down and you will be blessed all the days of your life. Amen? That's what we need. We need to be blessed by obeying the word of God. My last point. There must be a willingness to respond to the word of God. There must be a willingness to respond to the word of God. Verses 22 to 24. I'm not going to read it. 
But when you go home, please read it. What should we do when we read the word of God? Number one, we should act on it. Number one, we should live it. Number two, and we should practice it. Act on it. Live it. Practice it. Verse 22 says, do not merely listen to what the word says and don't and deceive yourself. See that? Don't just listen to the word, but what it says. But you have to do what it says. Look at that. I know all of you hear this saying, practice makes perfect. But I want to tell you something. Practice means progress. Do you know that? Practice means progress. Listen very carefully. Any response to the word of God that does not produce a lifestyle of obedience is self-deception. Let me say that again. Any response to the word of God that does not produce a lifestyle of obedience is self-deception. There must be a lifestyle of obedience and say, I will change. When we begin our study, when we study the word of God, the first thing that God does is He shows us the imperfection areas. He shows us our weakness. He shows us our shortcoming. He shows us our sin. But there's something else after that. After showing us this area, He shows us how we can correct our lives also. Through the blood of the Lamb. Amen? The test of maturity is not how much you know. It's how much you practice what you know. Is Brother Rajesh here. Brother Rajesh, please come forward. Quickly, brother. Does anybody know who this brother is? Come, my brother. You know, those who visit us, come, my brother. I got his permission. That's the reason I called him bravely. Does anybody know this brother? One, two, three. Praise God. Five, ten, twenty. Out of congregation of 250. Are we not one body? Hmm? We are one body. How many of us know this man? We don't know him. He is Dr. Rajesh. Okay? I'm just taking this as an illustration. Just, a, just a think for a minute. If you were sick, God forbid, you will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Someone else was sick. Not you. You were very sick and you went to the hospital and you met Dr. Rajesh. I don't know what he does. Is it, is it, um, he specializes. I'm not sure yet. And you said, Dr. Rajesh, I have a problem. And he checks you and he says, oh, yes, you have a problem. There are nine blocks in your heart. And you said, yes. And yes, doctor, what should I do? No problem. Uh, we can operate on it. I have read all the books on surgery. Every given book on surgery I have read. And then you ask, Dr. Rajesh, how many surgeries have you done? And he says, uh, nothing at all. Uh, you will be my first person. And you know that I am a child of God. You've seen me in Bread of Life. Brother Claudie brought me to the front. I have not done any surgery, but I believe God can heal. You will say, Brother, uh, Brother Rajesh, doctor, I know you are a doctor. Let me go and consult with my wife, and we will come back to you next week. And after that, you will even leave the city. Dr. Rajesh will call, Pastor, do you know Brother so-and-so? He left town long time and he's gone. Now, suddenly, God, in his mercy, anoints his hands. And suddenly, someone from the royal family becomes sick. 
he does an operation and in five years he's the most famous doctor and he's in town and you are coming back to town to see him and you say praise god brother rajesh long time i've not seen you how are you what's your problem i'm still having that problem doctor he says uh, I have to pray about it. No praying and all that. I finished praying five years ago. You don't have to pray. I know the anointing of God is upon you. You have done all the surgeries. I know, no brother. You go after one week. We will pray. I'll pray about it. I need to know God's will. But do you know that somewhere down the line, he has to start somewhere? There is a beginning for everything. There should be a beginning in your life from today. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Give him a big hand, please. There should be a beginning for everything in our lives. I want you to make a commitment today. There's going to be a beginning in your life, in your prayer life, in your Bible reading. You are never... If I come back after one year, I will ask you the same thing. Don't tell me you read one line and you said that is enough for you. If your Bible reading is one, one hour, make it two hours. If it's 20 minutes, make it 40 minutes. If it's 10 minutes, make it 20 minutes. But minimum, make it 30 minutes. Amen? Minimum, 30 minutes you should do it. I want to conclude. James concludes the section with three examples of practicing the Word of God. Three examples in practicing the Word of God. Verse 26, practice the word of God by controlling our tongues. Yes, my sister. Practice the word of God by controlling our tongues. If anyone considers himself religious and does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. My brothers and sisters, if you cannot control your tongue, your religion is useless. Useless. If continuously you use your tongue for cursing somebody, for talking bad about somebody, for finding fault with somebody, for telling lies continuously, your religion is worthless, the Bible says, not me. Number two, practice the word by caring for others. Practice the word by caring for others. Verse 27, the first part it says, the religion that our God and Father accepts as faultless is this. To look after orphans and widows in their, in their distress. You see that? Don't go and look after a widow who has got 100 million with her. She is not in distress. She will look after you. Okay? Do we look after orphans? I want to challenge you today. And if you need help, Pastor also can help you in this, Pastor Abraham. There are many, there are many orphans who are looking for somebody to educate them. And if you want more, I'm going on vacation. I can get you names and come. Sponsor one often to get educated. You've got degrees. You are engineers. You are doctors. Think about the ones who don't have parents. And that is what God says. We are so happy singing hallelujah. We think we are on our way to heaven. We are going to be very sad. He says, when I was lonely, when I had no food, did you take care of me? I was naked. Don't get surprised on that day. Hallelujahs are good. Knowing the word of God is good. But doing the word of God, what matters? Last part, verse 27b. Practice the word without compromise. Practice the word without compromise. To keep oneself from being polluted by the world. You are going to go out now. 
the world is going to take control over you. Be careful. Don't let the world control you. You have to have control of your life. Last part. Practice the word by being converted. Verse 21. We go back to our original verse. Verse 21. Receive with meekness. Can I have the choir up please quickly? Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save you. Receive with meekness, quickly choir, the engrafted word which is able to save you. My brothers and sisters, we experience the benefit of God's word when we start living God's word. Amen? Amen? Let us rise on our feet. We will sing the song, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. And as we are singing that, I want you to make this as a commitment. God, let your word be a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path.
said, if ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with a sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. You have heard the word of God. You have been told to read it, to meditate on it day and night. The choice is not yours. But the word of God says, if you are willing, you saw the word willingness, willingness, you are eager, so then you are entitled to get the blessing, the reward that follows. I want you to pray that Lord give me the grace to be willing and obedient to your word. Give me the grace to follow your word no matter how difficult it may be. Give me the grace to be willing and obedient to your word. Help me to be obedient to your word. You have spoken to me that I must read your word, I must study it, I must meditate in it because they are light my success. Lord, please help me to be willing and obedient. The willingness to study your word day and night. Lord, give me the grace to be willing. And the grace to be obedient to your instruction. Lord, I receive the grace today. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Lord, this is our cry. We have no other manual but this word. When you created us, you didn't give us any other thing other than this word as a guiding principle. Lord, we're trusting you for the grace to be willing and to be obedient unto your word. Let that grace fall on any, every one of us that have heard this word today in the name of Jesus. And as we study your word, Open our eyes that we might behold the wonders in your word and we might be like you. That we might be like you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, as we go, let your presence go with us. Let your grace be sufficient for us in the name of Jesus. When we are back next week, we shall come with testimonies in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I declare everyone under the sound of my voice this afternoon, blessed beyond mayor in the name of Jesus. As you go this week, the favor of God shall rest upon you in the name of Jesus. Everyone around you will call you blessed in the name of Jesus. No evil is permitted to come near your dwelling in the name of Jesus. So shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Before we share the grace, please let's take note that from next week, children will not be going to classes again until September. The children will be on holiday for Friday school, July and August. So please, whenever you come to church, parents, if you have small children, sit at the back. It's advisable for you because they'll be going in and out. And make sure you don't allow your children to go out without going with them. 
eternity they want to go out and be playing inside this eat. Please watch your children when they go to the toilet. If you have to go, go with them and make sure you bring them back to the church. The Lord will bless us in Jesus' name. Let us share the good together in fellowship with the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Abundance and grace, you are blessed in Jesus' name.